Amen. Good morning, Calvary. Good morning to our podcast listeners as well. Um, we're starting a new series uh, this morning, and I'm excited about it. The series is called Whole. Have you ever noticed that this world often feels broken? That this world feels full of stress, anxiety, worry? Maybe you had a very difficult week. Maybe you have a hard time just feeling comfortable in the skin you're in. I want us to talk this week, and then I'm going to give you a little spoiler. Today is just kind of the framework. Imagine a puzzle. Today we're going to just find the corner pieces and the edges. You're not going to see the complete picture, so if you aren't here the next two weeks, you'll need to listen to the podcast for sure in order to understand. But we're going to try to help you understand how you can feel and be more complete, feel whole as followers of Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse, as I read it, is going to be the foundation for where we're going in the next few weeks. And the idea there is that God wants to sanctify you or make you holy, to bring you into um, completeness. The idea of um, completely there is those two words, olos and telos, which is all in, or finality or completeness. Do you want to feel finally complete? Do you want to feel like there's purpose and meaning? We don't understand how to do that, but I want you to know that the Thessalonians, when they were hearing this, they were expecting God's return. And so when he writes this passage, they were sitting there going, okay, God, you can come back any moment. Still not here. Any moment. And still not here. And he was sitting there going, no, I want you to understand you will be complete in the next life. But in this life, I want you to know that God is going to do something in you and through you to help you. So I don't know what your situation is today, but I hope that you understand that God wants to do something amazing in your life to help you find that peace we're talking about. And so he does that. He says, he who calls you is faithful. He will do it. And he says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound until Christ returns. Have you ever thought of the idea of spirit, soul, and body? A lot of times we, as Americans, think of those in isolation. Our emotions are separate from our body, which is separated from our spirit. What is spirit? We don't even understand what spirit means. And when we think of spirit, I think back to my days at Howard Payne. When I was at Howard Payne, go Stingham Jackets. That's where I went to college. Howard Payne University, small little school in Texas. I remember showing up to preaching class. And you might go, what do you do in preaching class? It's a lot like you would imagine. You stand up there and you preach. And then you get uh, raked across the coals by all your peers. It was really, really good preparation for actual preaching, so just in case you want to know. And when I was there, I remember preaching, and I would, I would do these things, and there was a guy named Donnie. And Donnie showed up to preach, and after like the third time he showed up to preach, it was very apparent that Donnie had done zero preparation for the preaching class. And I remember Dr. Smith, who is, uh, has now gone on, and Dr. Smith was a great pastor at a, a really big church in Texas for many years before he kind of retired into teaching the pastors how to preach, okay? And I remember him going there and going, Donnie, you aren't really prepared for today. And Donnie said, well, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to guide me. And Donnie really meant that. He didn't mean it like the, if the Holy Spirit's going to tell me what to say. And I remember Dr. Smith leaning over and saying, Donnie, the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that will help you when you preach is there in your preparation. So prepare. 
And then I remember going off to seminary, and I remember taking a class, an advanced systematic theology class. Some of you don't really care what that means. But anyways, an advanced theology class on the doctrine, wait for it, of the Trinity. So we spent an entire semester pouring into the verses that describe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, three essences. And I remember going, great, I'm going to enter this class, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to be an expert on the Trinity. And I remember the first day, the professor looking at us going, if any of you think you're going to be an expert on this, you're going to leave this class more confused than when you entered. And I remember going, thanks for that. And as we dove into it, the more we realized that the Holy Spirit and the way the Trinity works in cooperation with the Father and the Son is confusing. Why? Because it's God and we're not. But that doesn't take away from the wonder and the mystery and the majestic power of the way that God works through the power of the Trinity in our lives. And one of those essences is the Holy Spirit. But spoiler alert. We're really, the point of this message is really not about the Holy Spirit today. And I don't know if you realize it, but today's message is about the Spirit. And we're going to talk about the body and the um, soul and the Spirit. But I wanted to find those three words before we go any farther so that we know where we're headed. First of all, I want you to understand that the Spirit, nevma, pneuma, is the innermost functioning reality of your personal life. Do you know you have a spirit, little s? For the sake of this message, for the rest of this message, when I'm referring to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to use the word Holy Spirit, okay? But the word spirit there he's describing is actually the spirit within you. Look, how do we know this? And may your whole spirit, verse 23, may your spirit, and it has a little lower s. So when I say the word spirit, I'm going to assume for the rest of this purposes of this message, it's little s, not big s, which would mean God, Holy Spirit. Now, in the Bible, the word spirit is often used to describe the Holy Spirit. Why do we use the Holy Spirit and spirit? And are they the same thing? Yes. So why do we use holy sometimes? Why do you sometimes call me Daniel and sometimes call me Pastor Daniel? Daniel is my name. Pastor is the descriptor describing what I am, okay? Spirit is the Holy Spirit, is the part of God. Holy is used to describe and distinguish from the fact that it's not like our spirit, which is not holy. We got it? So the spirit here is the part that people can't see. In other words, it's the essence of who you are. Now, it's going to come out in your body and in your soul. But no one can look into your spirit except the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But I want to go ahead and give you a spoiler into the next two weeks. The soul is where the heart and the mind meet. It's the seat of feelings, desires, and affections. It's where we get the word psyche. The body is that which can be seen and observed. You can also observe the emotions of a person. You can also observe their demeanor and their personality, that kind of stuff. But the body is the most easily recognizable thing that you can see. And in this passage, he wants you to understand that he wants all three of these to be whole. In order to feel complete, you need to have all three of these working together, not in isolation, to help you to describe how to be whole. And it starts with the idea of having a whole spirit, which will lead you to the place where you have a whole um, body and a whole uh, soul. Okay? Now, the spirit, as we go into it, the lowercase spirit here is what makes us 
human. Uh, James 4, 23. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. Those of you who love scriptures, a lot of scriptures are right down today. James 4, 3, says this, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. In Ecclesiastes 12, 7, it says, And the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So the spirit, going back to the Imagio Dei, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says man and women were made, men and women were made in the image of God. It is the spirit that allows us to be different from the animals and the trees and anything that has life. It is the spirit that connects us in a deep and meaningful relationship with God the Father. It is the spirit that allows us to be connected with the divine. That is so important. It's also why it's a struggle. Why? Because we just described the Spirit is not what you can see. But it is the Spirit that will allow us to be connected with God. That's why when you go to a funeral and people look at the body and they sit there and go, there's the body. And some people go, I'm so sad that this person's lying here. And I always want to go, they're not here. The tent is here. The outer shell is here. But what makes them human, the Spirit, is no longer here. For the follower of Jesus, that gives us great hope and comfort because the Spirit is back to its eternal starting point, which is with God in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? The Spirit is what makes us human. The lowercase, little s, the Spirit within you. But the Spirit is made to know the Holy Spirit of God. In John 3, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless someone is born of water and, capital S, the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For whatever born of flesh, or the body, is flesh. And whatever is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. So this is the passage where Jesus is describing to Nicodemus how he becomes follower again, uh, uh, how he becomes a follower of him, how he becomes saved. He said, I don't don't really get this. Am I supposed to be born again? Your spirit is supposed to be born again. Why? Because your spirit needs the Holy Spirit to come in to have life. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, once you put your faith and your hope in the power of who Jesus is, as you say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to come inside your life and dwell within you. This is important because we see that the Spirit is not only made to know the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit is the seat of the presence of God for those who follow Christ Jesus. I could read a bunch of verses on this passage, but I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 2.12. It says this, Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. What has been given to us as hope. What has been made, given to us is completeness. What has been given to us is a, a chance to make our life whole again when we walked away. Why do we walk away? Because the Spirit within us wanted to fill what we wanted to fill with ourselves. The Spirit within us guided our body. The Spirit within us guided our emotions. The Spirit within us guided the rest of our life into a place where we said, I want what I want. 
want. But God said, I want you to know that your spirit wasn't made to guide you astray. Your spirit was made to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, God himself, to dwell within you and then to lead you into a place that's a better place. Some of you are sitting there going, I don't understand any of this. I go, wait for it. Because here's the idea. God wants to dwell within you. How cool is that? In your misery, in your brokenness, in your your emptiness, in your your longing, the power of God wants to dwell within you. And, And this is important because as God himself dwells within us, then God guides us. But when God does not dwell within us, then our spirit will guide us. Your spirit's going to guide you no matter what lives there, whether it's the power of the Holy Spirit or your spirit, because the spirit will will guide our body and soul. By the way, if you want to do any follow-up verses, I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 8 this week over and over and over again. Because I know this is, um, like I said, a borderline. You're not going to see the whole picture. But if you want to dive farther, read Romans chapter 8, and you'll understand the power of the Holy Spirit more this week. But I want you to understand as it relates to your spirit. I want you to understand Romans 8, 5, and 6 right now, as the Spirit will guide our body and soul. For those who live according to the flesh, have their mind set on the things of the flesh— But those who live according to the Spirit have their mindset on the things of the Holy Spirit. Now, the mindset of the body is death, but the mindset of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. And so it's saying basically one of two things. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and dwell within your spirit and guide you and guard you, you're going to be driven by your flesh. Your flesh wants what your flesh wants. What does your flesh want? Sixteen pieces of pizza. I mean, have you ever noticed that person who's sitting there going around going, whew, I showed great restraint today. I only had 15 pieces of pizza. This is a little spoiler for next week's where we're talking about the body, okay? We're sitting there going, I only, you didn't let the Holy Spirit guide you. That was something, that was your spirit guiding you. That Your Holy Spirit would have stopped you at like four pieces, maybe three, maybe none, people. But when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, our spirit will guide us. And our spirit's always going to be at war with what is right and good and whole, which will make us complete. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells within our spirit, he will guide us to the path we need to go. Romans 8 12 through uh, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him, this passage is the passage that describes the Holy Spirit not only will come into our life, but will testify that our spirit will return to the presence of God. So, in other words, one day you will die. And you will stand before the Father. And the Father said, why should I let you in? And you in that moment will probably be going, because you're in the presence of the Holy One and you're not holy. But the Holy Spirit in that moment will intercede for you and say, I will testify to the fact that I know he is a follower of Jesus, which is how we're saved. How do you know 
Holy Spirit, that, you're a, that this person's a follower of Jesus. I lived with him. I lived with her. And they may not have been perfect. They may have wandered away. And they may have done this, this, and that, and that. But I know that this person was a follower of Jesus because I lived within this person. That's pretty cool. Not only will the Spirit testify on our behalf then, but in this life, the Holy Spirit is the living in us, will help our spirit to know what we need. And even if you don't know what, to need, what you need, He will guide us. You ever felt like, I know God's out there, but I can't find Him? You ever feel like your prayers weren't getting past the roof? Maybe you didn't know what the words to say in your brokenness. And maybe this week you've had tears flow down like the monsoon we had last night. Maybe you sit there and going, in desperation, I need to feel something, know something. What happens in those moments? I'm about to read you some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Am I allowed to have favorite verses in the Bible? I don't know, but I do. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this. In the same way, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Holy Spirit because he intercedes for the saints or followers of Jesus according to the will of God. I don't know about you, but that's so cool. Because in those moments, we were sitting there going, I don't know what to do. In those moments when you're agonizing over life, in those moments when you're sitting there going, someone understand me, someone care, someone give me hope and life and breath, the breath of God shows up and intervenes before the Father on your behalf and says, this is what my person needs. This is what John or Susie or Sally needs. This is what... This person needs to dive into your presence. This is the direction you need to go. Father, would you intervene? And that, I think, is the coolest thing of all. I don't know what to do. He does. So when you're following Jesus, I want you to understand that the important part of this message today, the framework for where we're going, is that if you would allow your spirit to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, it is the framework for your body and soul leading to a path of feeling whole. A few other things I want to address with the Holy Spirit, then we're going to get to some applications on how to do that, okay? I want you to understand this thing. The Holy Spirit is personal. One of the big mistakes we make about the Holy Spirit is we describe the Holy Spirit as a he. The Holy Spirit is not masculine or feminine. In fact, in the Greek, it's written as a neutral gender, which we don't have. And so the English language describes the Holy Spirit as he, or there's some people who say, I'm not going to describe it as he because it's not he, so they describe the Holy Spirit as an it. Both are fallacies. It's a fallacy of the English language. 
the Holy Spirit is not a he because he's not masculine or feminine, but the Holy Spirit is also not an it because the Holy Spirit is deeply relational. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how to have a relationship with an it. So for lack of a better terms, we say he. Probably that's what we're going to say around here. But I want you to understand the point of that is I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not a bunch of pixie magic dust that shows up to make us feel good about ourselves. It's not a waving of a spiritual wand that's designed to fill us up and create a miracle. The Holy Spirit is miraculous. Amen? The presence of God within us is a wonderful miracle, but the Holy Spirit is not something we conjure up in our time of need. No, it is a essence of a human, which is so much more because it is divine that dwells within us. It is deeply relational. He knows you better than you know yourself. The other thing I want to say about the Holy Spirit is not only personal, but there are many spirits that will wage war within you trying to determine that it is the Holy Spirit, that they are the Holy Spirit. How do you know? First John 1 tells us to test the saints. How do you know? The Holy Spirit, get this, is never inward, but is always outward, pointing to Jesus. So here's the danger, the spirits around there that will sometimes look like the Holy Spirit, whether it's your flesh spirit or demonic influence, or I know that's weird to some people, but there is such a thing as spiritual warfare that points out there. The spirit will say to you, you deserve, you need, the peace that you are looking for is within. That's not the Holy Spirit, (laughs) unless it's the Holy Spirit who is within. But the Holy Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit works is it never points to itself, himself. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. Did you get that? So throughout the Bibles, here's what you find. The idea of dwelling within Christ is mentioned 160 times. That's a lot. So uh, a couple months ago, I had a hula hoop. Anybody remember the hula hoop? You don't have to raise your hand because I don't want to, like four people raise their hand, I'm going to be insulted. Uh, But like the hula hoop, okay? This hula hoop is the idea. This is an analogy I'm going to give you that if you understand the main point works, if you take it too far, it does not work at all. That's my one disclaimer. So find the main point. The hula hoop is the idea of the fact that God wants us to dwell in the location or in Christ. That as we are followers, our our slogan around here is followers who follow Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. Is that a misspoken? No, it's actually right, because the Holy Spirit wants us to follow Jesus, because Jesus is knowable. Jesus came and lived on earth. He lived a human example. Jesus is tangible. Jesus is alive and still is sitting at the foot of the Father. Jesus is our example and our role model and what we should chase after. But the Holy Spirit will chase us to live and chase after Jesus. So, the hula hoop, I imagine, and I ask you to walk, and as you walk around life, I want you to understand that you're chasing after living in Christ. So that means when you're in church, <laughs> Jesus is with me. See the hula hoop? Imagine the hula hoop around me. Some of you are like, this is awkward. I, don't know what to do. I feel really awkward holding this. And actually, my arms are strangely tired. and not even holding up a weight. Um, but as I'm walking in Christ, anywhere I go, okay, I, I'm, I'm sitting here going, Christ is with me. That's cool. cool. I'm going to go work out. 
I'm take Jesus with me. I'm not going to leave him at church. I'm, I'm going to go to uh, Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks. I don't know why I'd go, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go in Christ. Everywhere I'm going to go in Christ. And what is meant by that is I am seeking to live the example of Christ, to follow his example wherever I go. I'm going to live in the example of Christ everywhere I go. Now, can you walk out of the presence of Christ? Denominations split over this, okay? But here's one thing I know. You may be able to sit there and go, I don't really want to live in Christ. Have you ever noticed the person who said, here's how I know that people believe this. Pastor, I didn't mean to cuss in church. That's like saying, I didn't mean to murder in church. I mean, I'm not saying murder and cussing is the same thing, but I'm saying this is just a building. I mean, the church is in you. God is in you. Everywhere you go, you should carry the presence and the power of Christ with you. So as we're chasing after living in Christ, I want you to know you may be able to put the hula hoop down and start going for your flesh because I don't really want to live in Christ, but you can't put the Holy Spirit down. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in you. And so the Holy Spirit's going, hey, you're doing it again. Follow Christ. I don't want to follow Christ. I want to eat 16 pieces of pizza. By the way, people brought breakfast for the worship team today. There was like four different people brought breakfast for the worship team. A perfect example. I want to eat 42 donuts back there. So hard. But the point of it is this. Allowing the Holy Spirit to percolate to bubble up, to let him guide your life is so important. I didn't mention this last service, but I think that's probably one of the best illustrations I heard of, what, of how the Holy Spirit works. It's like water. It's there. But when you allow it to start to boil, it begins to percolate. For those who don't know percolate, you need to find an old-time cup of coffee pot. But we need to not keep it calm. We need to keep him active in our life. Do you notice how I keep going from it to him? That's how difficult it is to talk about it. Him. But that's a beautiful thing. So here's what I would encourage you to do. To understand that the Holy Spirit wants you to feel complete. And the way he will want you to feel complete is he will point you to Jesus. Follow Jesus' example and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to percolate. So here's our Monday morning application. Our Monday morning application is how we practice something we practice throughout the week if you're new here. It's something we try to do every week, give you some practical application. Acknowledge your need. How do you know you need? Did you have a bad week? Did you have a moment where you felt broken? Do you have a moment where you didn't feel complete? Do you feel a moment where you just sit there and thought, I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care about the consequences? Ooh, that was a dumb idea. Yeah, you need it in your life. And then let the Holy Spirit into your spirit. Understand that there is a place in your life. We, we mistake it all, all the time. We say, well, I want Jesus into my heart. And that's an American idea because to Americans, the heart is the center place of all of our life. We attribute the heart as the birthplace of our body, emotion, and soul. 
all in one place. But really, throughout the Bible, Jesus doesn't go into an organ. The Holy Spirit doesn't show up in an organ. He shows up in your spirit, which you can't cut out with a surgeon's scalpel. Amen? All right. So the Holy Spirit in your life is where needs to dwell within your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit in your spirit and then learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Come back the next two weeks. All right? And then let the Holy Spirit in you. Because there's a war. There are spirits out there who are saying, get what you want, do what you want. It's rampant. But the follower of Jesus knows there's a better way. That as I give myself up, as I die to my spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and it begins to percolate, then God begins to change me. And so most of the scriptures in the Bible describe focusing on Jesus. But sometimes it's okay for us to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and to focus on him. So we're about to sing a song called Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here. And really what we're asking God to do in that moment is say, Holy Spirit, we want you to come into our life and help us to point us to Jesus. Come flood this place. Help us to know your presence. Help us to feel your peace. Because when you are at peace, I guarantee you it's because the Holy Spirit is in your spirit. That's to testify. And he's pointing to Jesus. So as we sing this, I want you in your resolve, I want you to resolve in your life that I'm going to begin to put the framework into feeling complete, to feeling whole, knowing that the ultimate whole will come in the next life. I'm still going to start putting the pieces together I can here and now. Amen? So will you do that? Will you allow the presence of God to flood your life and point you to Jesus as we chase after him? Father, Move in our midst. And our brokenness be our healer. And our hopelessness give us a glimmer. And our restlessness give us peace by your presence. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to fall in our lives pointing us to Jesus, who is the author and the perfection of our faith, the completion of what we need. And as we follow Jesus, Spirit, would you show us more of the presence of God in our lives, focusing outward, finding our peace, finding you. Thank you for giving us hope even now. As in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.